level at any turn I was just trying to do something right take the next best step forward and so I now like part of my call it ministry uh, call it part of my passion is to sit in the gap of between those who are trying really hard uh, trying to live out a life of purpose and fulfillment and joy and adventure and also uh, sit there and love them well when things don't go perfectly according to plan Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes special guests join in. Ben's life was changed dramatically when he became The Bachelor. He uses those extraordinary experiences to be a voice to help others. As you listen to his story today, you'll find surprising elements that connect with your story. When life doesn't go according to plan, we all need to fall back on God. Now, here's Pastor Daniel, Billy, and Ben Higgins with the Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. My man, Billy Hallowell. Billy, you are looking rested. You're looking tan. We're looking like you've been doing the Peloton outside. Billy, what's the good word, buddy? I have not been doing the Peloton because I've been on vacation, but I'm fe- I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm glad. I'm glad to be back with you. And I always wait for those descriptors. And and you did not disappoint me today. So thank well, listen, you. Every time we hang out, I have to give you a new name, a new title that you can. We, we Billy used to have a business card, and now when he has to introduce himself, he just gives someone like a scroll. And, you know, all these different names on it. So, well, you know, the QR codes are the rage now. Like people just, oh, here's my QR code and you scan it on your phone. Like that's the new business card. I learned that recently. And I was like, wow, I, I do not have a QR code yet. So well, this is something we will have to remedy. So listen, today <laughs> on the podcast, we are joined by Ben Higgins. Now, I'm just going to say, I, I was talking to my, my bride, Lynn, the other day. And I said, hey, Lynn. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm doing some interviews. And she's like, oh, who, who you got in the interview? I'm like, hey, I got Ben Higgins. She's like, wait, Ben Higgins from The Bachelor? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, fun. And so, so we're, Ben, we're super excited to have you joining on the podcast. Well, I'm pumped to be here. So it works out now. So, Ben, we have a question. And I'm sure everybody asks this question. Yeah. But, like, how does a person end up on The Bachelor? Uh <laughs> Many different ways. In fact, for me, I think my story is probably the most common. I was on a flight home from Houston, Houston to Denver. My buddy was on a plane with me. A guy gets onto the plane who was on the show previously. And my buddy goes, oh, that's so-and-so from The Bachelor. And it hit me at that moment that like normal, regular, everyday people do the show. I'm not kidding you. Three days later, I was in my office sitting at my desk. And the marketing director, who's a big fan of the show, came up, said, Ben, you just moved to Denver. You're single. You ain't dating. You don't have any friends out here. You don't love your job. Uh, what if I signed you up for the show? Or would you go to a casting call with me for the show? And I said, I'm not going to a casting call. Shit. If I sign you up, would you sign yourself up with me? And I said, yeah. And she did. And a week later, the show called and said, uh, are you interested? And I was like, I guess. And that's <laughs> where the journey began. Like, did any part of you think, first of all, when she first asked you that, 
oh yeah, like she's going to send this in. This, this is going to happen. Or were you just like, yeah, whatever. This is never going to happen in a million years. Oh, I don't think I ever, I mean, I, I still don't quite think it ever hit me. I don't even know if it's hit me today that it actually happened. Like I forget a lot of it. Right. Um, but no, I never thought it would be a thing. I, and I didn't know the, the scale at which it would like change my life. So I just kind of thought, Oh, this will be cool. Like, She's signing me up. And then when they called, it wasn't too many days afterwards. When they called, all of a sudden, I think it did start to feel like, oh, geez, like this, I could be on TV soon. I think I called my mom and I was like, hey, the show just called. She got all excited. Uh, My buddies told me I was stupid. Uh, Yeah. And then, you know, then the story continues. So, and the reason I ask is because, I mean, even though Billy's married, he should be on like the the groom. They should have a show called The Groom and Billy should be on it. Don't you think? <laughs> is that it just where your wife complains about you? Is that the <laughs> goal of that show? Yeah. Well, he's good looking, charismatic, can talk. So yeah, why not? Totally, right? I now, mean, now uh-huh. I mean, here's the question because like you're a man of faith, right? Yeah. So like most people I think would think that like, a man of faith going on a show where you kind of publicly date. So, cause you were on the bachelorette before you were mm-hmm. on the bachelor. So it's like, so yeah. f- tell us some of that and weave in like kind of your, your faith journey as it relates to all of this. Yeah. Is the, is the question that you're wanting to ask, like, how do you reconcile having a faith and being on a dating show where you date a bunch of people at one time? Cause that's the, like, that's mostly the common question that just doesn't, people just don't want to ask and I have to ask it for them because yeah, I know. yeah. that's what I'm going um, Yeah. I don't so, want to be scared of the details, but more like, it's yeah. like, like, I think it's just super yeah. cool. You don't want like, the details, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> you know, for me, here's the truth of it all. I did it. I was single. I said yes to it because I thought it was going to create a story and shake life up a bit. I wanted something new. I needed something new. I needed some excitement in my life. Uh, the current path that I was going on was not one that I had was passionate about, nor did I feel like I was fulfilling any purpose. And so being on the show initially was this really exciting new thing for me. And as I was on the show and it became very, very overwhelming, very confusing, very hard to date one person as 20 of your buddies date or two. The only thing I could lean back on was really prayer. And not in a weird like Christianese way, like the only outlet I had to get any type of peace, any joy, any understanding was prayer. And then also talking about my faith, like there's people there from all different backgrounds and sharing my faith and being questioned on my faith and actually having to live out my faith in a way that was real and not just something that was easy to be said. Now, that was The Bachelorette. I never had a problem with it. I still don't. Morally, uh, everybody knew why they were there. We were all agreeing upon it. We were going to date people outside the show. We just might have not dated in the way that we did in untraditional format. Uh, and that Jesus was was the only reason that I could have the patience, have the the hope and the faith and the joy within the experience. And I think even people that are on the show with me are like, hey, something's a little different about Ben. Like, he just doesn't seem to be getting too worked up. And it's like, well, there's a reason for that, right? Well, so I get off the, sh- the Bachelorette. I become The Bachelor. And when you become The Bachelor, the world is very excited. Uh, you're on the cover of magazines. People are praising you. People are criticizing you. But at least people care about you. And I was writing user manuals not six months before that. And nobody was taking much of an interest in what I was doing. And at one point, it hit me. I was on a flight. And I was flying home. And I was feeling really good about myself. 
and I call, I got off the plane and I felt super lonely. And I felt like all this stuff that I had been experiencing, I had been experiencing alone, all the cool things, all the fun things. And I called my buddy and I was telling him, I was like, Hey, I think, I think I'm having some problems mentally. How do I handle this? He's pretty famous. Uh, he's a good dude. He was, he's a, he's a great, great, great friend of me. And he goes, Ben, what if this whole thing was never about you? What if this whole thing allows you to push this out to make it about others? And at that point, it all started to make sense is I could use this to not only be a part of something good that was helping bring the kingdom to earth, but also do it in a way in a world that, yes, Jesus still existed in, but wasn't talked about in a healthy way. And so for me, it, was, it became more exciting, uh, I guess. And it just it still allowed me to be myself through every journey and every piece of it. What responsibility did you feel? And maybe you didn't at all. And, you know, we've had a chance to talk about this in the in the past, but I think it's an interesting discussion point because Christians, when people find out that you're a Christian, it really is amazing when they see you living it out. And in your case, the public saw that. People saw you yeah. living. You just mentioned people around you noticed something different. But did you feel a responsibility at all knowing that you're a Christian and you're on a huge platform and everybody's watching you? And, you know, sometimes people are looking for you to mess up or they're kind of looking for Christians in the public got to do that. What, what kind of responsibility did you feel or was there not a lot of pressure in that way? Well, to be honest, the people that were mostly looking for me to mess up was other Christians. It felt like most of the time, yeah, which is a little unfortunate and something that I, that, you know, I, it hurt deep. I was 25 years old, man. Like I, I might've been not as mature as you should be at 25, but I was, I was still a kid. And like, I was live, I was living on my own for the first time in a new city, doing something new. Like I love Jesus deeply, but like, I didn't know what I was trying to do with my life at any level at any turn. I was just trying to do something right, take the next best step forward. And so I now like part of my call it ministry, uh, call it part of my passion is to sit in the gap of between those who are trying really hard. Uh, trying to live out a life of purpose and fulfillment and joy and adventure and also uh, sit there and love them well when things don't go perfectly according to plan or when judgment and criticism comes on them in a way that they never imagined or really could handle on their own. And so it did hurt me at the time, but I had some great people step into that space in my life during that time. And I want to do that for others. Now, I do think I, I feel more of a pressure today because I have not only chosen to speak out about Jesus. And I think that carries a responsibility that should not be taken lightly. It's also an incredible responsibility. Um, But now I recognize it. Like I know it back then. I just think I was doing, cause it it was who I was like, you take Jesus away from me. You take everything. That's just my faith. Like you're not going to talk about why I am the way I am unless you bring up my faith. And that was kind of where I sat back then now because of the platform and because of being in the public, And because of choosing to try to walk down, speaking about Jesus more and loving on people well and finding avenues to do that, I do feel like I care. I have more of a responsibility that I recognize and carry with me today to try to represent Jesus well. Well, and I know Mm. for everyone who's listening right now, like I think there's a couple of things that Ben is saying that I think that, you know, it's relevant for all of our lives. So one of the things that Ben said, and I I really, I super respect it, where he's saying, I didn't really know what I was trying to do. But but I needed to take a step because things needed to change, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like and, and for Ben, given the fact, you know, who he is and how he carries himself. Now, all of a sudden, it's like 
for him, it's a step onto the bachelorette and then ultimately onto the bachelor. But for us, sometimes it's just like, Hey, I got to step out of this comfort zone. Like, like, like Ben could have very easily been like, I'm just going to stay. I'm going to be writing manuals. I don't really like it. I don't feel it's my purpose, but I'm just here because I'm too scared to take a step. You know, and so I think that's the first thing that everyone who's listening, I want you to hear that. Like, God wants you to take a step, you know, trusting that he's going to do work. The second thing that I want to just kind of tease out for a second is, and it broke my heart as a pastor and as an author. It's like the fact that, you know, as a believer, he felt like uh, that Christians wanted him to fail. And I'm here to tell you that that is not the heart of Jesus, although people who are religious can be like that. You know, and I'm just reminded of Jesus who like the, the, the religious leaders of his day, they actually wanted him to fail and ended up killing him so that he would fail only to realize he's like, yeah, you can't kill this, you know, like, like, like death can't keep me. So they had death had to give, keep him, give him back. But like that idea that like not having people in their corner and, but then somebody comes and speaks into his life. And so I just want to remind all of you, if you have people who are kind of your, the haters, the doubters, you have people, and, and maybe it's not on the, on the level of Ben, obviously he's on magazine covers and, you know, every time you post something on social media, somebody writes an article about it. It's a little bit different than maybe, you know, the rest of us, but that idea make sure like, don't listen to all the voices of the people who want you to fail, but, but listen to the encouraging voices of the people who God brings around you who actually care about you. Right. Can and, I add and, something to that? Be- yeah. Like, what you're saying right now is so important. And one thing, because for me, having worked in media for so long and part of my job was critiquing things. And so you can kind of fall into this pattern of constantly critiquing everything, right? And it's interesting because I've tried to move into an era area where when I see something, even if it's a positive story, like Ben, I've seen the headlines about, you know, abstaining till marriage, like the things that are really tough for people to do when I see something positive or if I see something negative, if a believer who is in the public eye is struggling, like I stop to pray for people on either end of that, right? Because that's something I just think we need to be doing. It's really easy to critique a person or to go after somebody or to judge them, but it's it's a lot harder and it shouldn't be. We should sit down and like make a prayer list, like write people's names down, pray for them because we we all need that. And so I just think that's a piece of this puzzle. If we spent more time doing that, it would change not only you know us, but I think it would obviously be beneficial for those we're doing it for. So I just wanted to add that to what you were saying. I think it's important. There's a uh, a great you know just getting out of the boat, and yeah, my story's weird and it's unique, but everybody's story is a little weird and unique. <laughs> and I, you know, if you can take out the the bachelor side of it, and if you could take take out the TV part of this, like there's a lot of parallels between everybody's life. And it's, it is, it's taking the moment to get out of the boat, to step out. And also, you know, I I don't want to say this and make this sound cynical. Like I don't, I didn't say that Christians felt like, but they also probably had the most weight in my life because I was again, young, very, very easily influenced, desired deeply in a season of loneliness to connect with Jesus. A lot of my outlet to connect with Jesus was the community of the church. And so when the church would come down heavy on me, it would paralyze me and not only fear, but also feeling even more isolated from the group that I wanted to love me. Now, again, that story is not unique. That story is not just my story. That's a lot of people's story. The beauty, though, the beauty over the years and having some calloused uh, lessons being learned that have made me stronger is the one thing that stayed constant was Jesus. And so even when the crowds mocked and the crowds shook, people were more important than the issues that people were trying to bring me down by. And so I could still choose to love people well, and I would still be loved by God. And in some of those moments of most desperation and isolation that I felt, 
Jesus showed up the most and in very incredible ways through people, uh, through prayer. And so I don't say this. I I don't want this to come off cynical. I want this to come off of like, hey, if you're in that space and you're like, yeah, I get it. Those crazy church people. Okay, okay, I understand why you might be feeling that way. But don't forget that there is a God that deeply loves and deeply wants a connection with you. That's there as well. That's not trying to bring you down. Beautiful. And I think, you know, one of the things I've appreciated about how God is using you, Ben, is that you've been willing to be vulnerable in public and through your platform. And so, you know, you just wrote this new book, Alone in Plain Sight, Searching for Connection when you're seen but but not known, you know, and there it is. You know, it's it's really easy. You know, people have a tendency to think someone on TV, you know, and there's there's this kind of assumption of superficiality or plasticity. But like you're just kind of bearing your stuff. You're like, hey, listen, like I was on TV, but I'm feeling alone. So and I think most people, if they're really honest, if they're willing to go there, will say, you know, I kind of like, yeah, I'm seen. But I don't know if anybody really knows me. So talk a little bit about that journey and what kind of led you to to write the book. Mm. Well, as I spoke about it a second ago, uh, as, as the world felt more isolating for me for a lot of different reasons, some, some had to do with just my own personality. I'm a little bit of uh, somebody that lives in sorrow that's a lot more comfortable with people's pains than celebrating. Uh, it's just a part of my, per- it's always been that way. So as I felt more isolated, there's a theme that has ran through my life where I've always felt like the outsider looking in. Don't ask me why. I can't pinpoint it. There's not like a a tangible event. It's just the way I feel. So you just got to take that for what it is. I feel like oftentimes uh, that I, that as people get to know me more, they're going to like me less. Uh, That as I try to get in deeper relationship with others, they're going to want to push away. And, and so I've carried this for a long time. I was actually on the show and I admitted this, not really knowing what I was admitting. And as I said it on TV, I, I, was anxious about it airing for months between the, when I did it and when it aired. And when it finally aired on television, the response was incredible, not in support just of me, but in others just reaching out to me to say, thank you. Like, I feel this way too. How do you get through it? How do you deal with it? Nobody's ever talked about this before. I thought I was alone in this. And at that point in time, I chose because I, this bachelor thing's real weird guys. You get celebrated for being yourself. It's a real weird, weird deal. And when my buddy told me, maybe you can make this about something greater than yourself, something other than yourself. At that point, I chose to take this and try to use it for good. And part of using it for good was to continue to build a community around people expressing their, their pains and their sorrows. And, it, you know, and it's just continued over time to, in, to allow me to enter into spaces with people that are hurting deeply. Be that pastors, be that other people, be that business leaders who feel less, uh, less purpose-filled. It allows me now, as I as I am more vulnerable, as I speak deeper about my own issues, it not only allows me to have a community around me to say, hey, me too, and now I feel less alone, but also I'm hoping for them, like I do through the book, Alone in Plain Sight, I'm hoping that book allows others to connect with themselves um, in a deeper way to maybe just maybe make it one more day, to take one more breath, to pray one more prayer. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's really, a, maybe it's like, it, it's a passion of mine, but it's also what I've seen work. When it comes to my faith walk is allowing others to enter into my most vulnerable spaces. How have you worked through that? Or is it still kind of a part of who you are, that feeling that because it's really a powerful thing to admit. And I see why you'd be nervous admitting it, but it really just frees a lot of other people to say, yeah, I feel this way. I feel that the more people get to know me, maybe they're going to pull away from me. How have you confronted that after you were able to admit it? And have there been any changes in that? 
for you? It still it still comes up. Uh, you know, it's still there. Even recently, I'm in a season right now of a lot of change and transition. You know, COVID took out a lot of the stuff I was working on. And then also the entertainment world's not exactly like popping back at full force. And they're not exactly asking me to come and host things and be a part of things. And so like it's changed a lot in my life. And as my career has kind of taken shifts, not about just shift, I'm shifting. I've been asking myself, like, what is this all for? What was this all worth it? Like, did I really hold any value? Or was I just hired on because I was the bachelor at one point? Were they actually hiring me on because they thought I was talented or they thought I was somebody they wanted? And so it still comes. Here's the difference now, though. Through conversations with others and through openly admitting it, like there's an interesting thing. I don't think you can heal anything you don't recognize. And so by me speaking that out, I was able to recognize that I had a deep pain and now I'm able to start healing from it, which brings in tools that I've gained over the years to recognize when I'm an unhealthy place. And so maybe saying, hey, I'm in an unhealthy place right now. I need to go to counseling again. I need to sit in silence for a couple of days. I need to go and contemplate for a while. I need to exercise, whatever that may be for you. I have now been able to develop tools that help me get back to a reasonably healthy place in my life. And that's kind of how I handle it now. It's just, it's a lot easier for me to not carry the weight of it for 25 years without ever speaking on it. Now that I've spoken on it, I can recognize it and then try to heal it. Well, and that's a really powerful biblical principle, right? Where, Mm. you know, um, the idea of confession you know, uh, mm-hmm. and it says how we should confess our sins to one another. We should pray for one another, you know, because the effective fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. It's it's about dragging your fears and your doubts and your issues into the light so that other people can both identify with it and join you in it. And it's just a really beautiful thing. And I think in a culture where we're more digitally connected and less kind of personally connected, right? I think a lot of people really struggle to put that stuff out there because they feel like maybe I'm the only one in your story. Ben, is very much that you put it out there and you realize, man, I'm not the only one. Mm. You, everyone's got this stuff that they're working through. Yeah. Well, yeah, 100%. And again, like, I don't want this to sound like I'm just throwing it out the window here, but like my relationship with Jesus allows me to do this because I see Jesus enter into the pains of others and to mm-hmm. share in other people's pains and sorrows. And I knew I needed that. And, and so I thought maybe I can enter that space. You know, with the book, I write a chapter that was really hard for me because I I wrote about an addiction that I carried uh, to painkillers. I never spoke publicly on it. And I was super nervous about it for a lot of different reasons. Still am. Still feels a little bit weird to talk about openly. But the the responses and the stories of people writing back saying, hey, I'm still addicted. I'm still in it. But at least I know there's a way out or at least I know that I, I don't have to give up or at least I know that, you know, somebody else has been in this, too. Uh, has allowed me to see once again, it was worth it to express it outwardly. Because I believe that if one person reads the book and they're bettered for it or they feel less alone because of it, then it has all been worth it. And so again, if I share my story and one person hears it and they feel less alone because of it, then it was worth it. And and that's just kind of the, the, the motto I have to go by right now. It's the best I got. You know, it's interesting because what we're talking about, the two words that come to mind for me are control and identity. Jesus is real. Ben Higgins joined us today to share his powerful and moving story of following Jesus in the spotlight. His new book, Alone in Plain Sight, details the difficulties of being seen by the world, but truly known by no one. 
then told us that he had to lean into prayer in order to find any kind of peace. The church reminded him of God's deep love and desire for connection with him. And now Ben's mission is to share that message. While our time with you on Jesus is Real Radio may be coming to an end, you don't have to stop learning from God. Visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to dive into Pastor Daniel's teachings from the Bible. And be sure to tune in Monday through Thursday for our weekday edition of Jesus Is Real. We'd love to meet you too. Find out more about how you can join us at Crossroads Community Church when you visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Ben will discuss the power of vulnerability. As he grew more vulnerable and open with his own struggles, he found community and felt less alone. He'll dive into the idea that as believers, we have the power of Christ in us that enables us to share openly with others. Like Ben, we know what it's like to have Jesus enter into our pain, and we have a message to share with the world about a God who heals. Well, that's all we have time for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and Billy Hallowell. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.